Welcome to the Purity for Life podcast, episode 168. My name is Frank Honus. We've got some great segments for you this week as we wrap up our conversation on repentance by talking about three traits of genuine repentance in the life of a believer. We also ask the question, should Christians be watching Game of Thrones and other adult-rated content? We've got a great purity tip on social media usage, and we wrap up this week with an excellent interview from Dr. Bill Struthers and Pornography's Impact on the Brain. For more information on this podcast and other great resources, visit purityforlife.me. Talking about repentance, the importance of repentance in the life of a believer, how incredibly essential and how really true repentance is very very healthy uh it's 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 essential but it's it's very healthy as well for us as believers and i wanted to add this on because uh, certainly repentance is scriptural and i found a a neat little graphic that uh, i wish we had a, a way i could show this to you even though this is just an audio service but um kind of has a sign of a you know if you see one of those u-turn signs right where you come up on a you know a u-turn and you see that little yellow sign off the road lets you know you can do a ue you know what i mean you can pull a u-turn and it says it has a scripture quote uh scripture reference next to it from second corinthians 7 9 through 10 and the uh the, the paraphrase over top of it sort of the summary thought is this is that repentance and this is i i just i, I love how how well laid, how, how well how laid out this is how well laid out this is it says repentance is a recognition of sin number one followed by a heartfelt sorrow number two culminating in a change of behavior number three so repentance is a recognition of sin followed by a heartfelt sorrow culminating in a change of behavior Sometimes I think we lose what that meaning of, of what repentance really means. And so when we kind of break it down and really understand that repentance is us, you know, recognizing our sinful behavior, recognizing the junk in our lives, right? The stuff that, you know, the decisions, the unhealthy decisions that we're making, the sinful, you know, choices that we're making. You know, we have to, we have to recognize that. We have to, to acknowledge that. You know, we have to see what we are doing. And then it's followed by a literal sorrow that you have from the very inside that you feel this, right, within your heart. You feel sorrow. You feel conviction. You feel a sense of brokenness over what your, what your sin has done, what your choices have done, what you have allowed to affect your life and the lives of other people around you. So there's the heartfelt sorrow. And then culminating in a change of behavior. So repentance isn't complete, right? It isn't full and, uh, isn't, you know, uh, you know, it isn't followed through with unless there's a literal change of our behavior. Um, you know, I hear a lot of, you know, popular kind of fad, you know, uh, trendy kind of talk lately that, you know, God isn't into, uh, behavior modification. You know, he's into, you know, uh, our hearts and, and knowing what our, well, that's true. <laughs> But true living, you're right, a true Christian lifestyle, a lifestyle that is a, a marked as a follower of Jesus. If I'm to be marked as a follower of Jesus, there has to be a change of behavior in there somewhere from my old life to my new life. And that doesn't mean that I, I, I stop changing when I become a Christian, right? That means I continue 
to look at my behavior, to see how I am acting, right? There's this recognition of sin, this heartfelt sorrow, and there literally has to be a change of behavior. If there's not a change of behavior and I just feel bad for my sin, you know, I just feel this sense of, you know, that what I'm doing is wrong and I feel a sense of, even a sense maybe of brokenness and sorrow, but I don't do anything about it. My actions don't change. My behavior doesn't change. Then repentance really hasn't played itself out in my life. And so I just think this is a really great um, quote from 2 Corinthians 7 verses 9 through 10. Let me see if I can read that here before I run out of, uh, before we go to the break. It says, yet now I am happy. Not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. So, love this picture of what repentance and really what it means. Now, to me, it seems pretty clear of what the Word says, what the Bible says, about about Christians and avoiding and uh, avoiding it and and not allowing sexual immorality into their lives. I feel really passionate about this, obviously, because of my story, because of my testimony as being a a man who was addicted to pornography for so many years, who came out of that uh, that came out of that addiction into recovery. And so, I feel very passionate when I hear Christians who say, "Oh, it's not a big deal." You know, I watch it just for the entertainment, just because it's got a lot of battles and, you know, armies and dragons and da-da-da-da, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, to me, there is no way, absolutely no way, that that kind of sexually explicit uh, content in a TV show can cannot affect you. I'm sorry. I haven't met one man who isn't affected by some kind of sexual... Um, temptation or has been affected by some kind of sexual trigger or basically saying this, I haven't met one man who doesn't have a brain. Okay. So therefore, if you're a man and you have a brain, then there's always the potential there for the enemy, uh, to, to come in for there to be triggers and temptations for you to think things that are, are based on fantasy or lust. And you know, that, that's just the, that's the struggle that we as men face. And so, um, you know, especially this, this, I, I believe really passionately for men that, that the Lord wants us to be set apart and for us to allow this kind of content and material in is, it's just so incredibly unhealthy, incredibly, incredibly unhealthy for your mind, for your heart, for your soul, uh, for your relationship with your spouse, with your family. Um, and, and so again, the Bible tells us to, um, to not allow even a hint of sexual immorality. Hint, a hint is a very, very small amount of something. Um, and so it's very, the standards is set pretty high for us. Now, obviously there's, you know, not, none of us are perfect and, and we face a battle and we face a struggle and we all have to fight that every day. We have to, we have to deal with temptations and triggers, but the, but the standard and the bar is set for us and that should be our goal. And so I want to open it up to you. What do you think? Um, do you believe that if you, you know, if you, if you're a, a follower of Christ, if you're a disciple of Jesus or a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, do you think it's okay for, for Christians to watch programs like Game of Thrones and especially programs that have, you know, a, an adult rating to it, a TVMA rating? Um, do you think that's proper? Do you think that's, that's good? Do you think it's healthy? Um, uh, maybe I'm totally in right field or left field or whatever the expression is, sorry, um, about this, but, 
I just believe that what we consume really does affect our hearts and our minds and and our and, and, and everything inside of us. The, the media that we consume, the, the content and programming, it all makes a difference and it all really does uh, impact us in some way. So I want to encourage you to call into my anchor station, Purity for Life here, and tell me what you think. Uh, hit that call in button at the bottom. No judgment here. I promise I've shared with you what I think, um, but I would love to know your feedback and love to hear what you think about uh, how we should be consuming uh, media and if if certain kinds of media are negative or positive or whatever. So would love to hear your opinion. Would love to hear your feedback on not just Game of Thrones, but 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 programming like it, adult uh, programming, you know, TV MA, you know, R-rated TV, you know, just where where do we draw the line between what's healthy and what's not healthy um, in our society, in our culture, and what we consume as believers. So that's the thought today. That's the, the question and the topic. Um, should Christians be able to consume content like Game of Thrones and, and adult-rated content, um, you know, TV, MA-rated uh, content? And again, would love to hear your, your feedback on this on this question and topic. Now, to me, it seems pretty clear of what the Word says, what the Bible says about about Christians and avoiding and uh, avoiding and, and and not allowing sexual immorality into their lives. I feel really passionate about this, obviously, because of my story, because of my testimony as being a, a man who was addicted to pornography for so many years, who came out of that, uh, that came out of that addiction into recovery. And so I feel very passionate when I hear Christians who say, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, I watch it just for the entertainment, just because it's got a lot of battles and, you know, armies and dragons and da 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 da, you know, all this stuff. But, you know, to me, there is no way, absolutely no way, that that kind of sexually explicit uh, content in a TV show can cannot affect you. I'm sorry. I haven't met one man who isn't affected by some kind of sexual um, temptation or has been affected by some kind of sexual trigger or basically saying this. I haven't met one man who doesn't have a brain. Okay, so therefore, if you're a man and you have a brain, then there's always the potential there for the enemy uh, to to come in, for there to be triggers and temptations for you to think things that are are based on fantasy or lust, and you know that that's just the that's the struggle that we as men face. And so, um, you know, especially this this I, I believe really passionately for men that that the Lord wants us to be set apart and for us to allow this kind of content and material in is it's just so incredibly unhealthy incredibly incredibly unhealthy for your mind for your heart for your soul uh for your relationship with your spouse with your family um and, and so again the bible tells us to um to not allow even a hint of sexual immorality hint a hint is a very very small amount of something um and so it's very the standards is set pretty high for us now Obviously, there's, you know, none, none of us are perfect and, and we face a battle and we face a struggle and we all have to fight that every day. We have to, we have to deal with temptations and triggers, but the, but the standard and the bar is set for us and that should be our goal. And so I want to open it up to you. What do you think 
Um, do you believe that if you, you know, if you, if you're a, a follower of Christ, if you're a disciple of Jesus or a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, do you think it's okay for, for Christians to watch programs like Game of Thrones and especially programs that have, you know, a, an adult rating to it, a TVMA rating? Um, do you think that's proper? Do you think that's, that's good? Do you think it's healthy? Uh, maybe I'm totally in right field or left field or whatever the expression is, sorry, um, about this, but, I just believe that what we consume really does affect our hearts and our minds and and our and, and, and everything inside of us. The, the media that we consume, the, the content and programming, it all makes a difference and it all really does uh, impact us in some way. So I want to encourage you to call into my anchor station, Purity for Life, here and tell me what you think. Uh, hit that call-in button at the bottom. No judgment here. I promise I've shared with you what I think, um, but I would love to know your feedback and love to hear what you think about uh, how we should be consuming uh, media and if if certain kinds of media are negative or positive or whatever. So would love to hear your opinion. Would love to hear your feedback on not just Game of Thrones, but 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 programming like it, adult uh, programming, you know, TV, MA, you know, R-rated TV, you know, just where, where do we draw the line between what's healthy and what's not healthy um, in our society, in our culture, and what we consume as believers? So that's the thought today. That's the, the question and the topic. Um, should Christians be able to consume content like Game of Thrones and, and adult-rated content, um, you know, TV, MA-rated uh, content? And again, would love to hear your, your feedback on this on this question and topic. Social media is one of the greatest creations in our society today. Uh, being able to express yourself creatively or promote your business or however you use, you know, social uh, media sites like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. But for those who struggle with sexual temptation, it can also be a real source of, um, of triggers, right? Um, increasingly more and more, there's so much sexually explicit content on places like Instagram and you know, and, and uh, Facebook even, and, and uh, especially YouTube. I work with a lot of guys who struggle. So I just want to encourage you today to watch your social media usage, especially if you struggle with, you know, pornography. If you have, if that's a trigger for you or a temptation, be really careful uh, with social media and watch how much you use it today. We're wrapping up this week with a segment on the brain, talking a little bit about the brain and I want to share a little bit of audio with you from an interview that Covenant Eyes, which is a uh, just fantastic uh, filtering and accountability software and organization that, that puts out a lot of content on uh, pornography addiction and um, you know and, and the, the practical means and methods to help those who are struggling, but also some great um, some great software uh, to help individuals. You know the Covenant Eyes. Uh, software that which is filtering and accountability. Uh, so Covenant Eyes, uh, in in their um, in, in all of their content and all of their, the stuff that they put out, uh, did an interview with Dr. William Struthers, Bill Struthers, who is a PhD at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, and Dr. Struthers is a 
an absolute, you know, specialist of the brain and study of the brain and how the brain works and uh, specifically in addiction too, in those who have addiction and, um, in what, what effects sexual addiction actually has on a person's brain. There really are measurable effects, uh, visual effects that we can, we can see and we can track and we can, um, you know, follow in a person who is addicted. And versus the normal, the, the brain of an, of a, of a normal healthy individual. And so Dr. Struthers goes on to talk a little bit about how the brain, you know, uh, reacts and responds and to, you know, sexual, uh, sexual imagery, sexual stimulus and sexually explicit material. And it's just a really fascinating interview. And I just want to share it with you, uh, as we wrap up the week on Purity for Life. And I hope it will be a, a blessing, a benefit and encouragement. Uh, very informative, too, um, and I, I love how Dr. Struthers uh, talks on this subject. You take away my mobile phone, you'll take away a part of me. This distinction between the physical world and the virtual one will become increasingly blurred. Those who perhaps are not uh, very aware of this technology may say, can't you just switch it off, switch it off? Yeah, but uh, you're, you're depriving yourself of your, your social network. Technology is enormously important for their social lives. 24-7 communications world that we live in can even go inside the target's own you are listening to Covenant Eyes Radio, helping you in your journey to stay pure online. This week we'll be releasing a series of podcasts around the subject of how pornography affects the brain. We will be speaking this week with Dr. Bill Struthers, Associate Professor of Psychology at Wheaton College. Dr. Struthers has an MA and a PhD in biopsychology. He is also the author of Wired for Intimacy, How Pornography Hijacks the Male Brain. Today, Dr. Struthers introduces our topic by stressing the uniqueness of the male brain when it comes to pornography temptations. There are some significant differences between the brains of men and women. And what I wanted to do in focusing on the male brain is to just acknowledge the reality that male brains are different and it's these critical differences that are important for why pornography has such a draw to them. Well, Bill, what prompted your interest in the subject of how pornography affects the brain? Uh, as, a, as a researcher in graduate school, I was very much interested in the mechanisms of arousal. And that one of the easiest ways that you can get an organism aroused is to put it in a sexual context. So as I was studying as a graduate student, I became very interested in what was going on in the brain and when animals were aroused and, and as a result of sexuality or drugs or any of those things. Uh, I just found it fascinating, honestly. And when I came to Wheaton College uh, to teach, I was offered the opportunity to teach a course on um, on addictions. And what I found was that as I was going through the different types of chemical addictions that people have um, and the different types of, of problems that they struggle with, and I came to a section on sexual addictions and wanted to understand that a little bit better. 
And what I found was that there was an awful lot of research that was out there that was examining the psychological factors of things like pornography and its effect on the way that people think about sexuality, the way that they behave, uh, but very little that could be translated easily uh, into its kind of layman's terms in, in the biological realm, in the neuropsychological realm. So I wanted to get into that because that's what I was familiar with. And so what I uh, found was it was really interesting, fascinating stuff. And when I shared that with my students, I found that there were a, a plethora of male students especially who would come up to me after class and say, I'm really, really struggling with this. And I never realized uh, how many guys out there who are who are struggling with pornography. And uh, so I, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to kind of see this as part of my ministry, uh, that I could take the skills that I did have and my expertise in this area and apply it in a way that would help men better understand what happens when they watch pornography, why it has such a pull on them, and what are the consequences to acting out to it. Uh, your book, Wired for Intimacy, is written specifically to men. When I noticed this, it was really striking to me. I noticed, well, for instance, several weeks ago, I had the privilege, uh, we had the privilege of sitting down over dinner, uh, and we yeah. had a really kind of a neat group, uh, sitting there with us. We had Michael Leahy with us, who's the author of Porn Nation. We had Crystal Renault at the table with us, who's the founder of a ministry for women who struggle with pornography. And I couldn't help but notice as we were kind of sitting there at the table and talking and t just and just sharing that we had a woman there who has suffered from pornography addiction, and yet your book is subtitled How Pornography Hijacks the Male Brain. Is there any particular mm -hmm. reason why you decided to focus in on or why you decided to focus your attention on the male brain and not just male and female brains in general? Well, I think it's it's important to recognize that your sexuality affects you throughout your body, and and certainly that plays itself out. I think in many ways, even more importantly, in your brain than in your reproductive uh, system. Uh, so what I wanted to do was to kind of come to the conversation and say, look, we talk an awful lot about male and female bodies, and an awful lot of <laughs> awful lot of fuss is made over the fact that they're different and that we're created different. And certainly, you see in the broader culture, you have books like Men Are from Mars, Women Are from Venus, and those sort of things that are out there. And what I wanted to do is make sure that we do recognize wanted to do is make sure that we do recognize that there are some significant nuanced differences between the brains of men and women. Now, it's not like those brains look really severely different, right? You know, because the female right, and the male right. bodies, are, they're different, and it's easy to kind of look at them and see. Whereas a male and a female brain, they, they look very, very similar to each other. And there may be some spots where you see some, you know, one area is a little bit bigger here and one area is a little bit smaller there, or maybe some of the connections are thinner over in this, you know, for men or for women. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of bring people's attention to the fact that the brain doesn't develop like the reproductive systems develop. The brain is inherently a plastic organ. It's changing. And different parts of it are changing at different rates um, in response to sometimes hormones, sometimes to the environment, uh, sometimes to trauma, to any number of things. And so when you look at how culture can influence a brain in, it, in its development, how masculine hormones like testosterone can affect a brain and its development. Um, you, you really do need to step back and appreciate, wow, the brains of men and women are remarkably similar, but in some ways they're remarkably different. And what I wanted to do in focusing on the male brain is to just acknowledge the reality that, look, male brains are different. In some ways, they're yeah, they're very similar, but in some ways they are critically different. And it's these critical differences 
that are important for why pornography has such a draw to them, that they're built and they're wired in such a way that they don't have to learn to be attracted to pornography. They just sort of are wired to be attracted to, to pornography. Women who are pulled into pornography, it's sort of a long pull that brings them into that. They, it's almost like a learned uh, addiction or a learned compulsion to pornography, whereas men, it, it's kind of unlearned. It's almost a reflexive kind of response. So what you're seeing is that as pornography is becoming more acceptable in the mainstream and as women are hearing that, you know, this is what they're supposed to be, they're sort of learning that this is the way that they're supposed to be and being trained into it, whereas men really are sort of reflexively being pulled into it. You have been listening to our interview with Dr. Bill Struthers. In tomorrow's episode, he will talk about the specific hormones and neurotransmitters involved in arousal. To hear more of our previous podcasts, visit us on iTunes or the Covenant Eyes blog, Breaking Free, at covenanteyes.com forward slash blog. Hope you guys enjoyed those segments from our anchor station this week and hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, come on back every week for fresh new content. You can listen to our anchor station if you go to anchor.fm and search for Purity for Life. We are uh, putting new content out every day. You can listen actually to these segments every day uh, fresh. You can interact with me and you can call in and leave comments and your feedback is just so, so welcome. I would love to hear from you. Questions that you might have, topics that you might suggest, um, if you want me just to agree with you in prayer over an area of your life that you're struggling with. But uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to uh, the Purity for Life podcast um, on Anchor. Uh, this is kind of the brand new platform. The last uh, few podcasts we've done, a really neat, interactive um, application that I'm using um, to sort of live broadcast these segments every day. And then at the very end of the week, we wrap them up into one podcast you can listen to and go back to uh, with all the best uh, content throughout the week. So, um, hey, Purity for Life exists. I can't stress this enough. I always want to you know, emphasize our mission that uh, we exist to help individuals live with sexual integrity through Jesus Christ. It's only by the power of God, it's by the grace of God in our lives that we can live lives of sexual wholeness and fulfillment and freedom. And that's what uh, that's what purity for life exists for. That's what that's what I love to, to I love to do. I love to help men and uh, my wife and I love to help men and women and and husbands and wives recover from this uh, incredibly devastating um, addiction and um, you know issue in our society today. So we're not afraid of it. We are, are trying to take it head on and and um, just just help as many people as we can. So please head over to purityforlife.me. That's our website. You can get all the, the articles and links and resources that we mentioned throughout the week and uh, the latest blog and, and listen to all the podcasts from all the way back to episode one. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe that we're almost up to 170 podcasts. So thank you guys so much for listening this week. Pray that you have an awesome week. Pray that, that your purity, your integrity, your character, your growth as a man or woman comes from Christ alone, that he gives you the strength that he gives you the endurance, that he gives you the peace uh, to become that man or woman that he got that, that he wants you to be. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. God bless.